Virtual Manager presents the How Did We Get Here podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the How Did We Get Here podcast. Last episode, Virtual Manager Chairman Anil Patel, COO Neil Fillingham, CEO Tony Morocco and I were in conversation with the founder of the Painter Shoes brand, David Painter. David told us about the birth of the brand, from spotting a gap in the footwear market, the concept shoes and launch of the first cricket boot, which was sold out of his father's garage, to mixing it with giant brands such as Nike, Adidas, Puma, Reebok, Echo and Footjoy. In this edition, David talks about the expansion of painter footwear, going into the golf and training shoe markets, and what the future may hold. What I gave was the brand and the heritage and the story about painter and what we've done so far in cricket, and now we're going to transfer that into golf with Mike's knowledge and experience and this gap in the market, actually, that he spotted in golf but no big brands have really done it for whatever reason and this is a guy who's been in the industry 30 odd years so it's just incredible really how that's all blowing up but it doesn't surprise me because the products are unbelievable it's part two of our conversation with david painter i'm charles dagnall and this is episode 36 of the how did we get here podcast Welcome along to the latest edition. I'm Charles Dagnall, and as ever, I'm joined by Virtual Manager Chairman Neil Patel, COO Neil Fillingham, and CEO Tony Morocco. And let's get straight back into it with David Painter. Now, the first cricket boots have been designed, made, and sold both online and to retail outlets. So what happens next? How does the idea to expand to other sporting markets come about or even launching updated versions of the original boot so new models are available year on year? David explains. <laughs> That's tough. You know, growth, basically, is what, you, is what you're saying. Mm. Growth and moving forward, which is tough to this day because the bigger you get, you know, the more funding it takes and the more opportunities that come to you which need funding and cash flow problems and this and that. Mm. And it's really tough, and it was tough back then. I mean, I, I dropped Lucky again because, you know, it, it, it did blow up a little bit and people were like, yeah, this is, you know, the next best thing, blah, blah, blah. And I had various investor meetings, a couple of really big wigs, you know, that was nerve-wracking. So, But ended up getting a variation of uh, local investors, I guess, for quite a, quite a decent amount of money, uh, which enabled me to do what you're saying there. So update the range, you know, improve the website, maybe employ a couple of people, get some more R&D in terms of let's, let's get a bowling shoe going and things like that. So, And obviously you've got sales. And I think I remember... We did a year end, I think, on the first year, and we made money. We actually made money. But me being not the businessman at this point, I was like, is that all we've made? And my dad's like, Dave, <laughs> we've made money. This is unbelievable. Like, as a startup, with the costs to make money is incredible. 
Uh, and I was like, yeah, but I wanted, I thought we'd have made loads more than that. I was like, we've, we've done really well and the matches are good. And, you know, but I, I didn't see all the, you know, the, the, the overheads, so to speak. Mm. How then was the transition to another sport? In it, obviously, cricket's quite, you would think, quite yeah. familiar. What was the, what were the thought process? Were there other ones or, because obviously you've seen mainly golf, but were there, what was the? Yeah, so to be fair, I've I've had a lot of opportunities uh, in other in other sports, but sometimes you're just like, yeah, but these are these are not proper opportunities, I guess. You know, we've had a lot of people say, oh, you you should go into this and you should go into that, softball and tennis, and you know, mm. a few American sports, but obviously the big one being golf. So that's a really good story, and I think it's it's testament to what the brand stands for in terms of a real specialist, innovative company in terms of footwear so linkedin actually i got a message from a guy called mike forsey and he basically just said look super impressed with the brand i've been following you for a while have you ever thought taking painter into a different sport i.e golf and that was it kind of the message and i'm like whoa so did a little bit of homework on him and i'm like oh this this guy's the real deal you know Mm. as you do you know you've got to look into these people so I just got, went back to him. I said, absolutely. You know, the vision for the brand has always been to expand this thing and, you know, global domination uh, in footwear. But, <laughs> but, but that was just, but actually, you know, this, this was actually allowing me to get into another sport, which I, I wouldn't have had a clue where to start in golf. Like I play mm. golf fairly badly, but, you know, I wouldn't dream of just going, right, I'm going to create a golf shoe. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done that because it's, it wouldn't do it justice. Um, and, you know, the backwards and forwards a little bit on Messenger on LinkedIn. And then and Mike said, look, I'll, I'm going to fly over from the States uh, and we'll we'll have a chat. And I thought, well, that's that's proper. You know, he's, he's, he's obviously the real deal. So, mm. Mike, I don't think I'll find a better guy to go into golf with Mike. You know, I don't know if you've mm. looked up Mike Fawcett at all, but this guy's made shoes for Tiger Woods, Greg Norman, Jordan Spieth at Under Armour. He was the main guy at Nike for 14 years and then Ping and wow. then... He went to mm. Under Armour for seven, and then, uh, and then I changed his life, and now he's my my partner in painter golf. <laughs> so, yeah, incredible, really. So just to get somebody of his caliber on board, mm. and you know, I didn't have to do anything really. I I got the brand. So I, what I gave was the brand and the heritage and the story about painter and what we've done so far in cricket and now we're going to transfer that into golf with Mike's knowledge and experience and this gap in the market actually that he spotted in golf but no big brands have really done it for whatever reason and this is a guy who's been in the industry 30 odd years Mike's Mm. mid mid 50s now and that was basically creating a shoe to leverage ground force reactions so Mm. if you watch any top golfer they push into the ground to get power back out of the ground because your feet are the only part of you that touches the ground as, as a golfer, obviously. Mm. And, you know, if you watch, you know, whoever, Woods or any of the top guys, after they've been practicing for an hour, the ground will be, be absolutely mm. gone. It'll be bare because mm. they're churning into the ground using the forces. So Mike's created this uh, three-dimensional outsole, which is unbelievable. Honestly, you know, he's got us in with a night factory in Taiwan. It's like stuff I couldn't do. I couldn't dream of doing that. So he's, <laughs> He's, you know, he's, he's, he's brought on another guy called Mike Glancy, who was the chief designer for Under Armour. So he's, he's now our creative director. 
So yeah. it's just incredible, really, how that's all blowing up. But it doesn't surprise me because the products are unbelievable. And the golf market mm. is just so big, it's it's crazy. That's amazing. Mm. Just a final one from me. Just when you said about the shoe making more damage, I think certainly when I'm hitting it, the club makes a lot more damage in that practice <laughs> than the shoes. So, but, um, but, uh, one of the with with golf, and you mentioned the the kind of the downforce and and that as a selling point. Are there? I, can, I remember Tony. Tony's a brilliant golfer compared to mm. uh, myself. And um, he was saying there's a new shoe that came out that was saying that you could. That they were touting you hit ten meters more. Yeah, like it, it's some of that. You know, I know in my head it seems inconceivable, but I'm just trying to understand the physics between the shoe and how that could happen. Yeah, I mean th- th- that's kind of like what we're saying. So obviously, if you've got if you've got tra- if you've got right traction, you- you're going to get more power because you're not slipping, which mm-hmm. is which mm-hmm. is the rotational side of things. Mm. We've got a dual drometer midsole, which is basically a, a double density midsole, so it keeps you from falling over on your feet as you're swinging, because obviously mm. you're swinging left to right okay. like that. Yeah. Uh, the nugget, I guess, the the big boy is the graphite power plate, which is sandwiched between the midsole, which has a big cavity uh, underneath it. So when you push down into your into the floor, you get that opposite and equal. You know, Newton. I think it's Newton's law in it. Every action mm-hmm. has an opposite and equal reaction. So you do actually get that, which then transfers up your body into your arms, into your swing. So what it's saying is it's going to allow you to swing faster which then should make you hit the ball further. So that's, mm. the, that's the science behind the footwear. And I think what Mike's trying to do is educate people that footwear are part of the equipment uh, and it's not just about the balls and the driver and this and that. You know, feet are super important. You're on them all day long, mm. more than anything in golf. So you've got to look after them and you've got to get the right shoes. Right. Mm. I'm sold. I'm going to order mm. a pair straight after this. Paint, I had paint shoes, paint shoes. That is not just any old shoes. No, yeah, no, yeah, that's but, it. No, no. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll drop you a discount code after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. The, the there podcast you go. has been worth it. That was there the whole reason of getting it on. We just wanted a discount code at checkout. That was uh, all of this fifty minutes. It's never going to broadcast. Yeah, never. Yeah. You're listening to the How Did We Get Here podcast, the story of virtual manager with Chairman Anil Patel, CIO Neil Fillingham. CEO, Tony Morocco, and host, Charles Dagnall. A couple of things I want to cross with you, and the first one is brand ambassadors. Now, we talked about Rashi Khan in the world of cricket, David Ledbetter in the world of golf uh, with his academies over there, which I think are in Oregon, if, if uh, I think I saw that on your website, but no matter, still a massive get, uh, name in the world of coaching. Mike Weir, the Masters champion as well. How do you source? Are, are they ambassadors? Do they like the product? Do you sponsor them? What's the kind of relationship there? Yeah, good question. I mean, the, the Mike Weir story is a good story. So Mike Fawcett, who's got, who runs the American side of the business in the States, he got an order through from uh, Mike Weir a while back, paid full price, and he didn't think anything of it at the, at the time. And then a week later, he got another order through from Mike Weir, full price for another colorway, and they thought they did a little bit of digging, as you do, check out the address, Blah blah blah. It turns out that it was the Mike Weir who bought two two pairs at full money uh, because he he actually saw 
David Ledbetter. That's that's that was it. He so that's kind of where that link came from. He saw David Ledbetter. We, I think we must have done that partnership with the academies globally, and then Mike Weir saw that. So Mike Forsey then got in touch with his his agent, and then that kind of transpired into that. It, we we bespoke a shoe for him. He absolutely loves it over his foot joys, and we managed to do a deal with Mike Weir. You know, I think because we're smaller than these guys, the bigger brands, we, we're quite flexible. You know, so Mike Weir's got a, a charity which is really close to, and, you know, we'll, we're donating some uh, of the proceeds of the sale to his charity, for example. So things like that is quite easy for us to do. Same with Rashid, actually. You know, so it's good that these guys do give back, and I don't sometimes think the public see that, but... That's mm-hmm. that's that's another thing, but yeah. So that was a nice tale with with, with Mike Weir, and it, it, obviously he's he's a fantastic player. And golf's tough because these guys command a lot of money, <laughs> as I've found out compared to cricketers. Um, yeah, we 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 were in talks with a top top five player actually, and we, and we and we lost him to Echo, I think, but. And that was going to be an investment. We'd have had to raise money to get him. But I think we saw the return on investment on, on him. But I don't think he'll be the last. I think we will get a big boy. And I think that'll be game changing because when you've got a product so good, it's quite comforting, really. You're so confident in that product. It's just about getting on people's feet. So getting a big ambassador like that would be beneficial for us in, in the golfing world. Uh, and same, and same in the cricket, although we're more established in the cricket with, you know, we get to a point where we can pick and choose the ambassadors who fits the brand well, mm. who's going to push it well, who, who represents it, who, you know, who's. So it's tough to start with, and you have got to give a lot of freebies out, and you've got to give a lot of free pairs out just to get your name out there. So that, that was, you know, back in the first few years, you do have to do that, absolutely. But you can't just give everything away because obviously mm. you wouldn't make any money and you'd have no stock. So, you know, it's a fine line. And, and, and I guess I've been. You know, that's, that's kind of my job being the, the ex player and, and a lot of the leads come to me, whether LinkedIn or Instagram or wherever, email. But yeah, it's, it's, it's great working with these guys. And I think you definitely do need ambassadors to more for brand awareness. I think you've got to keep relevant as a brand. And that's really tough because I think the, the more we do grow now, you know, these brands know who we are and they're going to start pushing their thing and they're going to spend a little bit more in marketing. It's going to make it a little bit tougher for us. So. We've got to stay on the boil, but we trust our processes and our innovation, and and I'm pretty confident in in our brand now. So that's a good thing. Absolutely, and I totally understand that. And as brand ambassadors, I think a Neil is an eight, and uh, what are you, Neil? I'm a ten and a half. <laughs> uh, Tony Morocco is a nine, a or something, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So ten. I mean, we're just, just, just throwing that out there. Yeah. Um, the other <laughs> dynamic, I'm sure, which was alien possibly to you at the start, David was I'm, I'm assuming now that you have staff and you have plenty of yeah. people working for you and the brand what's david painter the boss like what's being in charge of a, a staff and the people within the brand how do, how did you cope with that and what what's it like for you i don't know if that's my strong point you know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i've got i've got i've got a good right hand man who i think manages the staff better than I do. And that's just me being honest. Everyone's got different strengths. And I think one of my strengths actually is identifying other people's strengths. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so it. you know, it's 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 identifying the right people for that role and the right partners, and I think that's what I'm really good at because I can tell if it's the right person for the brand say Mike in golf or somebody else in another sport or a brand ambassador or even my right hand man and getting the right person that eats and breathes the brand who can take on the stuff that I'm not very good at and I want them to to take that on and I can focus on what I'm good at but you know I understand that you know I've still got the name and it's still above the door and it's still me who started the thing so I've got a responsibility to do my bit and and I do do that on that Anil you're in tech, David's in footwear. The parallels are alarmingly similar. Knowing mm. the people's strengths, what people are good at, you knew yours and, and Neil knew his, etc. And then bringing Tony on board with virtual manager to play to his strengths, as we've talked about in the hiring and firing and that sort of thing. The parallel, even though they're completely different industries and different worlds, there are so many parallels. There are. It, it, it's scary when, when David was talking, thinking about you know, some of those stages that was almost identical to our journey on that going, wow. The final thing then, David, and I'm grateful for your time, really am. Um, probably done a lot longer than, than uh, you would have wanted, but it's been fascinating listening to you and, and mm. hearing your story and the journey that you've been on, which is the whole point yeah. of the podcast. What next? What next? You've got a training shoe, you've gone into yep. golf, and there's little other things that are there, you know, caps and hats and golf yeah, yeah. gloves and socks and yep. all of that sort of stuff. But is there a, a a vision to just build what you've got into a bigger into a bigger arena and get sell more units, or do you want to um, go into other places? Both, I think, Charles. I think the, the the volume's still still there. I mean, we've we haven't scratched the surface in terms of that, and I honestly think it was my goal from day day dot really that I wanted to be the number one footwear brand in the world in cricket, and and that's scarily achievable actually. Um, and I think we will actually get there soon. And I think in terms of the size, that's doable. Maybe, maybe not so much in golf, but you know, if we can just chip away at this golf and it's such a big market, then obviously those mm. numbers are, are, are huge. I'm pleased with that. I'm, I'm pleased with where it's going with the cricket and where we, we need to go. The golf will take care of itself because I've got such good partners over in America mm. guiding that and we're kind of piggybacking what they're doing over in UK and Europe. And, and distribution is coming on board now in terms of Korea, China, Japan, South Africa. So we're doing well there. I've got a few things going on behind the scenes internally in, in, in the company, which I can't really discuss, but that's going to take us more into uh, another sport, which is exciting. And it was actually the, right. the, the, yeah, the sport that I wanted to go into after cricket if golf hadn't come knocking on my door, which is... I'm, I'm, Pretty certain I can say this. Well, I'm doing anyway. It's hockey. So it's quite a nice transition to cricket, cricket and hockey. There's a lot of, there's a lot of retailers that stock cricket and hockey. The footwear is similar. And believe it or not, the market is huge. Absolutely mm. huge. Way yeah. bigger than cricket, which is a, it was a shock to me. Wow. Yeah. So there's an in there and we've got leads there. It's not just me pretending that I know what I'm on about with the hockey stick. Um, so we, we've, we've actually got, we've got a good connection there and, and there is other sports in the pipeline. So I think all in all, it could grow quite big, quite quickly once these start coming together, because obviously you've got your global distribution network as well, which once the brand grows in everything, it kind of just piggybacks all the other sports, which is really mm -hmm. nice. 
you know, I'm sure the golf's helping the cricket and the cricket's helping the golf. We've had a lot of diff- different mm. distributors want to do the same thing because one does the cricket, can I do the golf? And, you know, it might work, it might not. But, yeah, it's grown into a nice, nice brand at the moment. And, um, yeah, it's exciting to see where it can go. Brilliant. Well, look, we all wish you the best of luck with the expansion and the continuation of what has been such a great success story. And it's mm. so great to see good people do well, and especially mm. from the market that you found and actually giving a product that was really needed. I know that when I was yeah. playing, it would have been absolutely fantastic to have a, a, a pair of shoes that were geared towards the professional cricketer. So we wish you all the best of luck. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. We're really grateful for your time and uh, we look forward to the next installment brilliant thanks guys appreciate it thanks david yeah thanks Thanks, david great to meet you the how did we get here podcast with anil patel neil fillingham and tony morocco was hosted by charles dagnall This podcast is property of Virtual Manager, produced and edited by Daggers Media Limited.